0: Co-founder and CEO of Cameo, the first service enabling consumers to book personalized video messages from their talent of choice. Steven started his career as a trader, went on to work at LinkedIn, and then launched Cameo in 2016. Since then, Cameo has raised over 65 million in venture funding, fulfilled more than 700,000 requests from a roster that now includes over 30,000 athletes, performers, influencers, and other personalities around the world. It's no surprise that Time Included Cameo on its list of genius companies. Let's welcome Stephen. Hey Stephen, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, thanks for having me.
0: So nice to see you, I'm excited uh, to have you here. Um, We just gotta start from like the basics. What is Cameo in your own words and where the hell did you come up with the idea?
1: So Cameo is a marketplace where people can book personalized video shout outs from over 30,000 different athletes, actors, or entertainers. The idea came from uh, an observation that me and my co-founder Martin had had that the selfie was the new autograph. So anytime you see somebody famous today, you want to take a picture with them and put it on Instagram. If it's not on the gram, it didn't happen. So we were trying to imagine, how do you create the remote selfie moment? And, um, you know, Martin showed me uh, a video that he'd gotten made for one of his good buddies. Um, who at the time was number two in Nike's consumer marketing department. This guy worked with Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Biggest athletes in the world, but he loves the Seattle Seahawks more than anything. When he had his first son, Martin got a player from the Seahawks, and not his favorite player, but just an average player, to record a message congratulating him on becoming a father. And the guy liked it so much, he put it on Instagram and said it was the the best gift he'd ever got in his life. And at that point we're like, if this guy's excited about this, other people would be excited. Um, you know, three years later, a lot of crazy ups and downs and you know, we've done over 850,000 of
0: these now. Oh my God, that's wild. 850,000. Um, what makes Cameo so special in so many ways is it's both a very massive idea and also the simplest idea. Um, when you have to go back, you know, Tell me about that first year when you started doing it. Was it, you know, I always think in Rewind, people are like, oh, the companies were up and to the right. It was amazing. What was that first month, you know, quarter look like as you were standing up Cameo? Like, when did you know it was going to work?
1: I had really high conviction, frankly, from the second I saw Martin show me that first video that there was an idea here. Um, I spent three months working part-time on it, uh, while my, co- my two co-founders were also part-time. Uh, Martin was an NFL agent and movie producer. Uh, I was working at LinkedIn at the time, but I'd done movie production with Martin, and I was an options trader by uh, vocation, I guess. And then neither of us were technical, so we needed to find um, somebody that could build it. So we recruited the best engineer that I knew, who was a classmate of mine from Duke named Devon, and uh one cool thing about devon is Devin was actually one of the world's first vine stars so not only was he extremely talented uh engineer and product person but you know he was one of this early class of influencers uh, martin and i originally inve- envisioned a marketplace for people's time where for x amount of money you could do y activity with z person so the personalized video shout out was one of many things that we thought we would sell we thought we you could go book Brett Favre to go throw a football with your kid or you could go golfing with Michael Jordan or you could go have dinner with Charles Barkley. And we only focused on sports originally because that's what we cared about. Um, and it basically took us about six months to sell our first one. There's a really, you know, kind of crazy story. Like, yes, Cameo's journey has really been up and to the right, but when we launched, we had probably the worst launch of any product of all time. Uh, we tell me, had... tell
0: us everything. We want to hear everything. We'll hold that
1: so we had really high conviction that uh in our marketplace supply could be get demand and after six months we'd gotten a whole one person uh, to agree to come on cameo his name was cassius marsh uh he was a you know second string player for the seattle seahawks at the time and we really believed that once we built the site all we needed him to do was to tweet out that he was on this thing cameo and i think we were called power move at the time we hadn't even been we weren't named cameo And he basically showed the the original video that gave us the idea. And he said, for 20 bucks, I will do one of these for you. And he had 73,000 Twitter followers, he went on Twitter. I, I remember I was in Scottsdale, Arizona, trying to get the second person on Cameo. I was at a steakhouse in Scottsdale with this player on the uh, Cleveland Indians at the time. Uh, Literally Devin one and,
0: steak meal at a time. You were like pulling celebrities on one steak oh, meal. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, Devin and Martin and Cassius were all sitting in Devin's apartment in Venice Beach, California. Uh, when it was time to go, Cassius sent this tweet. We had the Google Analytics up. There was one dot in Venice Beach, one dot in Scottsdale and he hit the tweet and crickets nobody came to the site and in fact like as the tweet went out people started talking shit to him and saying hey you make you know two million dollars a year how much is this company paying you to you know for you to sell yourself for 20 bucks like this is so cheap it was a disaster uh, cash got so upset is marsh the player got so upset he ended up storming out and not only did we not pay him he had just given us 25 grand as is our first investor to help get the business off so now we've lost cassius he's gone you know me and Devin are like well maybe google's not working i remember i signed off and the dot in scottsdale disappeared and i went back on and the dot came back so it's like no it's not that google's not working cameo isn't working or we're just not nobody was buying what we're trying to sell so my other co-founder martin is freaking out because cassius is his only client he's an nfl agent so now he's worried that for this crazy idea, you know he just lost his only player. So he runs after him, and Devin and I are sitting on the phone like, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? <clears throat> Granted, I'd already quit my job three months ago at LinkedIn. So <laughs> you know most people you know find some product market fit and then they quit their job. I had enough conviction that I'm like, I'm gonna go try this right away. Uh, so we're sitting there and then all of a sudden we see a dot pop up in Renton, Washington and now we've got the first person ever on the cameo site and today when you go there's uh, thirty thousand 000 people to browse there's videos there's so much stuff to do but at the time it was like a google form it was like like who's it for and what do you want them to say and like that's it and we're just sitting there watching this guy and this guy's on the site for like five minutes and it felt like 10 days you know we're just like elbows on the edge of the table like are they gonna buy are they gonna I mean, buy? This
0: is amazing this is amazing i like wish i had an early day moment like this at learn best where you were just watching for five minutes <laughs> i mean we're, oh, like, gonna like literally like
1: what's gonna happen and then all of a sudden the dot just like went away and i just remember feeling so dejected and it's like oh my god like nobody's like the only person to come you know didn't want it like nobody's ever gonna buy like wow, I need to like go find another job, you know, it was kind of this feeling. And then all of a sudden my phone starts vibrating and uh, and this guy DM me on Twitter and he goes, hey, Cassius Marsh is my daughter's favorite player in the world, um, it's her birthday coming up on Thursday, your payment process is not working. So now it's like, okay, just tell me what to say, I'll get the video, don't worry about it. So, free, be, be free. <laughs> so, so he, I'm just like, just send me what to say, he sends the message. You know, tell Reese happy 16th birthday and thank her for coming to see you at the, you know, at this game, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I reached out to Martin. He's not texting me back. Cash is mad. So we missed the girl's birthday. This happened on a Tuesday. Her birthday was Thursday. We didn't get the video till like the next Wednesday. And the video itself was like, you know, he's sitting there. You could tell he didn't want to do it. It was just so like unenthusiastic. Hey, Reese, it's Cash, happy birthday, I heard you're a big fan, you know, like that. It was like, it was so bad, I didn't want to send it, but I ended up sent, something told me, just send it to the dad, send, send and it. and then about 20 minutes later, I get a, another video sent back to me via Twitter, and the dad was filming his his daughter watching this video, and she was so happy, she started crying. And at that moment I saw it, it was our first reaction video. And I still get oh goosebumps God. thinking about it oh because God. ultimately the second I saw that we could make one person feel like that, I had conviction, you know, at scale, we could make you know millions and millions of people feel this way.
0: Oh my God, that is the best, like m- massively failure of a launch that then begins to work story ever. So fast forward a little bit, tell us, yeah. How many more months did it take for you to be like, wow, we have, you know, how did you get celebrities on the platform? Let's start there. How did you get celebrities to say, cool, <laughs> we do this because you're only building a, a marketplace for celebrities and messages. You're like the new cool hallmark.
1: Yeah. Well, celebrities, uh, especially the early ones, I would use that term very lightly. We started with our friends. Uh, so having, you know, me and Martin, um, so martin was an athlete at usc uh, devon and i went to duke we had a lot of friends that were in the nba in the nfl uh, martin having been an nfl agent and movie producer just being in hollywood you know we like anybody that we thought was relatively interesting we put on there so you know martin in the early days was going to gold's gym in venice and like any big bodybuilder you know he would just put him on you know this guy was the world's strongest man uh, my one of my old roommates, a guy named Thaddeus Lewis, was like the third string backup quarterback for the you know, San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, he had agreed to come on for five bucks and he didn't even have Twitter or Instagram. Right. So I would use the term very lightly. But the big inflection moment for us uh, happened one day when, you know, Devin goes, hey, I think Cody, his roommate with three million followers on YouTube and people like Cody might do well on Cameo. So we, Cody ended up launching his Cameo page by putting um, a video that, that he received actually in, a, in one of his YouTube videos. And at that moment, like we went hyper viral for the first time. I think our sales went from you know, $400 to $8,000 in one month. So then we're like, wow, these influencers are something interesting. And we really found our first product market fit with former Vine stars.
0: Wow, that's amazing. So then at that point, it was just like, let's get more and more Vine stars over. Um, So obviously building a marketplace, you had to get the supply. That's the celebrities, the people that people want to get these videos from. And you also had to get the demand. Talk about how you started filling the demand side um, and how you made that work, knowing that you've only really been up in business for about three years.
1: Yeah, again, we had a really high conviction that uh, in our marketplace, supply could be get its own demand. Unlike Airbnb or Uber, our talent, our famous, like the supplier literally famous, they have Instagram, they have Twitter, they have Snapchat, they can get the word out about themselves. So we actually didn't spend a dollar on marketing for the first three years. We just acquired talent. We would get them to promote each talent would get their own unique link. So cameo.com slash Thad Lewis. He could put that out, promote that to his page. And the people that follow him on social are actually more likely than anyone else in the world. To, to To buy a video from him, right? Because that's why they follow him. So uh, from that side, we found that we had really good uh, network effects, both from aggregating supply. Like once we got out of just athletes, you know, it was Real Housewives and drag queens and just so many different people. So you might come because you saw a video from someone else who sport cameo. You find something else, and and the gifting aspect of it too gave some uh, demand side. Uh, network effects as well so I buy cameo for you you know you're sharing it on your own Instagram all your friends are seeing it it's watermarked. they've just learned about cameo and that's how we've grown it's been word of mouth
0: I think the best businesses grow just that way where you really forced to make sure product market fit is there. Um, and you know, I think that's, as we go backwards over the last five years, I think so many businesses really leaned into just acquiring users. Um, and when you have that organic fit, it's so much better. And let's, let's double there.
1: click on that real quick, right? You talk about uh, having product market fit or early signs, our payment processor didn't work. I've never gone to a site that didn't work. And then I like, DM the brand because I like wanted the product so bad, right? And if you go to any uh, talent's Instagram DMs, I was at Super Bowl this year and we had a meeting with Cardi B and Cardi was like, Cameo is cool, but I would want to do it for free. So I told her, give me your phone. I, I held her phone in my hand and, uh, and we looked at how many unread Instagram DMs she had and she had millions of unread Instagram DMs. And I said, Cardi, this is Cameo for free. You know people are dming you every day my sister's your biggest fan it's my boyfriend's birthday like they want to hear from you but you just can't respond to those at scale so what we found was that pricing ended up being a necessary friction that enabled fulfillment but the demonstrated product market fit was living in people's instagram dms
0: that's such a good point and also um uh but i a- what a again, what a really interesting story. I feel like we should all be flies on the wall in your life right now for the for the last three years and the next three. I want to quickly um transition into um through Covid, cameo is skyrocketing. and I just want to quickly take a moment. How is your business changing right now, given this moment that we're all living in?
1: Well, first off, we're really fortunate to um, you know be one of the few businesses that is been able to provide smiles on people's faces during a really tough time. So outside of the business doing well, like we're in the business of manufacturing happiness and putting smiles on people's faces, and in a world where there's shelter in place and social distancing, like Mother's Day, uh, you know, for example, so many people aren't going to see mom, or you know, mom's sitting away and they're scared to go see her. Father's Day, same thing, who knows if we'll be able to, you know, have the classic Father's Day barbecue. So I think the fact that Cameo can like spread joy remotely, that's such a huge thing. You have graduations getting canceled and weddings being postponed. And and that's really tough on the consumer side. So the fact that, you know, their people's days can be brightened by our product, you know, we that's something that gets us out of bed every morning. On the flip side, um, people never talk about this, but every single athlete, actor, entertainer, musician, at their core are really gig economy workers. If you're Pete Alonzo, the best player in the New York Mets, right? Like you get paid per game, Um, you know, uh, Snoop Dogg gets paid per performance or per concert. Um, Charlie Sheen gets paid per like episode of TV. So at the end of the day, like, those people are all out of work. Um, So one of the reasons that Cameo has really exploded since Shelter in Place came in is because there's a lot of talent frankly that told us hey this is cool but I'm too busy or I'm making too much money suddenly the brand deals have dried up productions are halted shows aren't happening and at the flip side they're sitting on their couch just like you were you and I and it's really you know they want to interact with their fans the comic cons aren't happening the concerts aren't happening the games are canceled so you know they're they're really looking for this fan connection and the combined aspects of both the supply and demand side have helped, you know, we've seen our bookings increase by a 1,000% since COVID started. And, um, you know, That's the thing wild. Was, Did everybody but, hear
0: that? 1,000%, it's wild.
1: And the thing that's crazy is we were already the fastest growing consumer marketplace, uh, privately held marketplace business of the country, you know, coming into this. So we've been growing really quickly, but I saw Toby from Shopify say something really interesting yesterday and he said that, um, COVID has really turned, the world just like morphed into 2030 overnight. He's like, it took eight weeks for the world to go from 2020 to 2030 because in e- in retail, they believe that 15% of retail would go on e-commerce and it would take till 2030 to get to 30%. That happened in the last eight weeks. So in, in, in many, and I believe it's the same for us, right? Like there had been this trend towards direct to consumer monetization for talent that had been... You know, it had been happening. You see the rise of Patreon. You see the rise of, uh, you know, so many of these other uh, platforms that are coming up. Like creators are looking for ways to be supported. That you know, you see it in the rise of Comic Cons and merch sales. People had become more and more willing than ever to go to their fans for direct support. And um, and I think at the end of the day, like Cameo is probably the best way uh, in the world for talent to become more pop. You know, to get paid to become more popular. And our value prop um, on the talent side has been driving a lot of this. And on on the on the customer side, I mean, people want to put smiles on everybody's faces, so it's it's been really powerful. And I think the fact that we set out to build the remote selfie, while we didn't plan for a world of COVID, in many ways it was tailor made for this time.
0: Uh, I just want to take a quick moment and ask, how much more fun is this being than being a trader? <laughs>
1: I was a pit trader, right? So I was literally one of those guys at the CBOE that was wearing the jackets, making the hand signals. Um, that was a fun job. But I will say one of the big differences between trading and tech was when I was trading, everybody used to say, man, because I graduated college in 2010, man, you missed 08, you missed 01, you missed, you know, like that you should have been here in the 90s. Everything in trading was about how great it used to be. And I remember the first time I walked down to the CBOE as an intern and there used to be like 40,000 traders there. And it was down to like a thousand or 2000 pit traders. And it looked like walking on the moon and seeing craters, these empty pits. It felt like a dinosaur graveyard in many ways. So to me, I was just really lucky by the time I got to LinkedIn to be at a place where, you know, it's like when you're a tech, you're building the future, right? And it was like, it was at LinkedIn, it was all about like what you could be and like what we could become. And here's our mission. And, you know, we want to connect the world's professionals and make them more productive and successful where like trading was like, man, you really missed out. Because if you were 20 years older, you know, you'd be retired and you would have made a lot of money. So I, I really, um, you know, I'm grateful every day to be working in tech. And I think one other thing for me personally is that while I was trading, you know, I was always into like sports, I'd be sitting on ESPN, I'd be watching whatever movie's going on. So like the fact that I'm working in sports and entertainment, I'm getting paid now to do the things that I was doing for free, you know, when I was uh, in the trading pit, so that's pretty cool.
0: One thing I just, I have to say, like the smile on your face is so palpable. Um, Getting back to Cameo, uh, I wanna ask, so you guys, are you you landed on a 25% cut. How did you come up with the pricing model? And I think for the hundreds of thousands of listeners out there that are listening to this, I think really getting to the right pricing model is pretty tricky behind the scenes and it's, it's not, there isn't always one way to get there. So how did you guys get there? What did that look like?
1: So there are two things that um, came to mind. While I was working on LinkedIn, I was selling a product called Sales Navigator. And at least at that time, they did not allow discounting, which was really interesting. It was my first sales job ever. And one of the things they said was like, if you let people, dis- if you actually discount, then ultimately uh, it slows down your sales process because every single conversation becomes a negotiation on price versus value. So as I started thinking about that, I was coming from a, A world where I couldn't discount and I always felt like my hands were tied behind my back. So the Stephen that was a salesperson at LinkedIn wished I could discount But I learned how to sell not discounting. So as I was thinking about my own teams. I'm like the value prop of Getting people to do something they've never done before is hard enough already. We need to come up with a split that's fair and is reasonable. So the way I looked at it, if you are an NFL agent and you find a marketing deal for someone, it's an yep. 80-20 split and the agent takes 20%, the town takes 80 So I felt like 75-25 was fine because there's payment processing and you know, we had some tech platform fees. Um, you know, so we have not moved the split actually at all the whole time we've started. We've never changed it for anyone. We've never paid anyone to come on Cameo. We've never given equity out. So it has been a pure 75-25 for every single person on the platform. Um,
0: um, I love it. And again, uh, I, I appreciate the 80-20, slightly more payment fees. Um, I wanna ask you, so you raised uh, 50 million Series B led by Kleiner. Um, just for everybody out there, how do you think about fundraising? Um, what would you say is the one or two things that you thought was most important about getting your partners right, getting your investors right? Um, anything that you cared a lot about?
1: Yeah, first and foremost, um, fundraising is a uh, marriage. It's not dating. Uh, you're like truly getting in the trenches with these people. And uh, one of I remember when we were. You know, during the Series B, we had five term sheets, and we were really deciding like who to go with, and and these were some amazing partners. And somebody told me like, pick the person that you would pay to have like dinner with or lunch with, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, secondly, I think with fundraising, it's always better to raise money when you don't need to raise money. Um, that's just you know an axiom. We've been very fortunate, at Cameo, that every single round we've had has come inbound and unprompted. So we had gone through Series B without ever having a pitch deck. And and part of it was investors could uh, use our product and feel the magic. And I think the third thing too is that the the investors, I have always in really competitive like situations at the Series A, Series B. We've always gone with the, the firm that like cared most about our business and just like moved heaven and earth. Um, and probably the coolest story was when Lightspeed did our Series A. Um, Jana Masterschmidt, who's now a partner at Lightspeed at the time, was just an, just an angel investor, and she loved my business. She was DMing me every single day on Twitter one summer until I responded. I let her write a small check into the seed round. Uh, three months later, she sent me a text, and she goes, hey, uh, Jeremy Liu at Lightspeed, I just told him about this. He'd love to meet you tomorrow if he could, and she was in L.A. I, I happened to be in San Francisco. Um you know, so I'm like, yeah, sure. Send him the email. And Jeremy sends me an email. He goes, Steven, I just saw a Cameo. This is genius. Like, where are you in the world? Like, let's meet tomorrow. I happen to be in San Francisco. You know, he flew from LA to SF. We met at at the battery for you know for you know breakfast. It was supposed to be 30 minutes. It went three hours. I was late to my plane. I get on the plane. Uh, right when I landed, he told me to go from the american terminal to the united terminal there nicole quinn uh, who's now my board member was waiting for me we had a 20 minute conversation uh or sorry we had an hour conversation she got i literally walked her onto the jet bridge and then that next tuesday she flew to chicago to come see us so it's like when somebody cares that much about your business that they don't want to let you out of their sight that's always won me over at least because i think it's a good proxy if they're willing to work that hard to get you in the fold, then how hard are they gonna work when they're a board member that's poured millions of dollars into the business?
0: To your point, you know, through COVID, we went from 2020 to 2030 in eight weeks. Um, As you think about the future of celebrity and influencers and what that world is gonna look like, um, as we are transitioning so rapidly, just I wanna hear some of your predictions and I know everybody listening would wanna hear yours too, given your unique vantage point, running some of the largest influencers marketplace. How do you think about where's work trending? Where's all of this trending?
1: So, uh, Lee Jin from Andreessen wrote a really cool piece maybe six months ago called The Rise of the Passion Economy. And it's this thesis that um, today, like with tools like Cameo and Patreon, talent can be supported by like a very small amount of paying fans. Like you really only need about a hundred fans to like keep you in business. If you can get a hundred fans to pay, a thousand dollars a year, then like you can like actually earn a living doing whatever you want, and you're seeing that in the rise of Substack, you're seeing that in the rise of Patreon, like a lot of these platforms. But one thing that I've been thinking a lot about is is just this trend towards like uh, talent creating their own user generated content, and, and really the disintermediation of the big media companies. It's pretty crazy that like so many of the top YouTubers or TikTok talkers that are out there these kids moved to California to go like, hopefully make it as a movie star. You know, they would sit in casting meetings and they would just get told no and no and no. And then they just got on YouTube and started creating their own content. And if people love it, then it blows up and and they don't really need anybody anymore. And I think this period right now, this let's just call it the next six months, like every single movie production and television productions just halted. There's such an opportunity right now for talent to just create their own user generated content and these new formats and i think people are now used to watching on tv you know the zoom almost like zoom quality right you go on cnbc and you see bob pisani sit in in his you know in his living room with like grateful dead posters behind on a zoom conference like the i think production quality we're moving from high quality to authentic which is something that a cameo we'd always thought about and i think again there's going to be this trend towards Uh, Creators just putting their own stuff and and I think the longer that COVID lasts the more opportunity there's going to be for People to blow up on things like SoundCloud and TikTok, you know without the support of an of a label or an agency
0: I I I fully see it and I love it and to your point over the next six months when you can't go and do uh, your a-plus quality movie set um, I think we're still starving to be entertained and uh, if you can go direct and you can talk directly to your audience, why wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, one um, other but- one other trend too. Um, yesterday, I saw CAA sign Lil Michaela, who is that uh, completely digital? Uh, it's like a computer-generated influencer. So it's the first time they've signed like a non-human, and I do think that there's going to be this rise of like, and you're seeing it with Fortnite. Uh, you're seeing it with um, you know with with just like a lot of like these characters and animated like avatars. Uh, starring in their own stuff. Like I I just see that becoming a bigger and bigger trend. Um,
0: I just quickly want to switch gears and just understand first, what what do you think has been the most surprising thing about running a business, being a CEO, being an entrepreneur for you over the last three years?
1: So this isn't my first company. It's my first tech company. Uh, So I understand as an entrepreneur and I always did that you you have to live and breathe what you're doing. Right. Um, I'm it's like, I'm in my kind of sweats right now, but you would, would not have caught me dead in the last four years anywhere without a black Cameo t-shirt on. And, you know, especially when you're a consumer, um, how important it is to just be living your brand. Probably the most important thing I think is making sure that you find co-founders that um, you really have a good simpatico with and that have good complimentary sets to you. One of my favorite, um, the lines I've ever heard an investor say, uh, this guy, Dave Cummings, who's at Atlanta Ventures, uh, said in Consumer, he's always found the best teams have a hustler, a hacker, and a hipster. And you need all three of those people to, to actually make it work. Like, every once in a while, you might be able to get two of the three in one person, but, like, the best companies have that. And me, Devin, and Martin had very complementary skill sets, and we never were stepping on people's toes. And when I think back at how many times in the early days of Cameo, like, you know there were these little fights that might have happened among co-founders that could have killed us. Like there's just such a premium on being able to hold everybody together. And holding people together is a hell of a lot easier if everybody has their own unique strengths that they're built that they're at the table and nobody's in a you know kind of a pissing contest over like, you know, I can sign this person or I can do that. So I really encourage people to find, you know, people that are complimentary to them. And then the other one too is I've started to do a little bit of uh, like angel investing myself. There's so many people that just like think starting a company's sexy and I wanna do it, but like they're not really that passionate about what they're doing. Uh, When I decided to leave LinkedIn to go do this full time, uh, a, a guy, Will Hearn, who worked at LinkedIn in New York and was a good buddy of mine, we were in a hot tub in Nicaragua on New Year's Day of 2017 and he goes, Stephen, this idea is like too big. Cause I've been obsessing with it. Everyone at LinkedIn that worked with me, like half of them like work for, like literally work at Cameo now, but like, this is all we were talking about. I was the worst person at the whole company probably for my last quarter there. And Will Hearn goes, Stephen, this idea is too big. If somebody else built this company and you stayed at LinkedIn and they became a billionaire, could you live with yourself? And the truth was like, I hadn't thought about it, but the answer is so clearly no. I never went back, you know, because if you're, if, if you're trying to solve anything but the problem that you were uniquely put on earth to solve, like, I, I just don't believe you should do it. I think it's too hard. I think it's too costly. And the chances of it working so small, you just, you have to be doing the thing that you would do for free because, you know, for a long time, you will be doing it for free.
0: Um, I love that. And it's just so, like, again, I'm beaming. You are so charismatic and you love what you're doing so much. It's so fun to root for you. Um, A few quick questions just on, you know, between sleep, exercise, meditation, what do you do to stay sane? Because running a company, there's so many highs and lows to your point. You launched and it was like a terrible disaster and then worked and then challenging. And um, how do you, how do you stay balanced?
1: I was a hockey goalie my whole life. And, um, you know, in hockey, there's kind of this philosophy. It's like a next shot or next play philosophy. So you can't, if you give up a goal as a hockey goalie and you let anybody realize that, you know, you're pissed off and you bang your stick, then you're going to give up the next one. So I think I've always just been someone that is extremely even-tempered. Mentally, I think I do that as well as, you know, anything that I do. It's it's really, I'm the same person every day if Cameo is – uh you know if we're having a bad day if we're having the best day like you cannot tell i'm always on the same wave wavelength And I think the positivity that you bring in, especially as you're inspiring a larger team, that's that's really huge. To answer your question earlier of like, what's one of the things that you need to do, you know, at scale, um, being a CEO really becomes about just like communicating at scale, managing at scale, people that might get 30 minutes with you, a quarter or 30 minutes with you one-on-one a year or in their future. Like, how do you keep them motivated at things like all hands or, know weekly comms that you're putting out so I, I try to think a lot about that um yeah so the, those are the big ones as far as uh, exercise or dieting i you know i traveled i took 150 flights last year we were opening our la office i was living on planes we did series a and series b last year so i was not the model of health i put 60 pounds on last year uh, now i'm cooking for the first time i had not cooked a meal in in three years before COVID. So I'm, I'm enjoying that. I, uh, Ezra, one of my, uh, the guy who led my seed round actually sent me the mirror. So I've got the mirror, I've got the Peloton now, and I'm, I'm trying to get into a good habit. Um, I also enjoy the app Calm. Uh, I do not use it nearly as often, but frankly, like the the mental side, I've always just been able to get myself in the zone. It's more the physical side now that I'd like to play some catch up and drop some LBs.
0: Um, I so appreciate you being so honest about that because um, you know, literally, uh, first year of standing up, learn best. I don't. Th- I mean, first of all, your stress levels are so high. You're, you There's no such thing as like, you know, taking forty-five minutes for yourself because you're just willing the company into existence. In. Um, you know, it's not just the freshman fifteen; it's like the founder fifteen um, that just happens to everybody.
1: Founder fifty, like me, last year. <laughs>
0: Um, uh, so if you were going to give a young founder who today is 23 years old, like one big piece of advice, what would it be? Like one thing that you would just want, if you wanted them to be successful, what's your advice to pay it forward?
1: Seek out great mentors. I think that's really important. I was very lucky that, uh, at least in the Chicago ecosystem, every single person that could have been helpful, like chose to be, which was really cool. So, you know um mark lawrence from spot hero is one of those ceos uh george boosies from raise matt baloney from grubhub you know these guys that had built great marketplace businesses just found something interesting in what we were doing and uh and did it and then you know the, the most of most important of all of them for me was a guy named mike Gamson who uh was you know the top of my old org at linkedin and, and is now the ceo of a company called relativity in chicago you know he gave me my first uh, real angel investment he wrote a 500k check basically on the spot after hearing about what I was up to um and i think one thing that a lot of people young founders are scared to like share their ideas cuz they're worried that somebody's going to copy them but just like you need to go and talk to everybody and take a million reps at pitching it and if you get your if you can't get your friends and family excited about something like you know like you you're, you're going to have a hard time getting some random Investors excited about it too.
0: Um, I, I love that. Um, okay, last just few quick questions is the quick fire round that I always love to do. Um, what was your biggest pinch me moment at Cameo, where you were like, "Oh, that was awesome!" Like, th- what was the best Cameo you ever saw? Outside of the first one, I get that the first one's sentimental, but like, what was just a cool pinch me moment, and or the best Cameo you've ever seen?
1: So there's been a couple. Uh, the most impactful one actually happened the first summer we were around there was a singer named ben bruce from the band asking alexandria and he got a request from this guy and he's like hey my girlfriend's older brother just overdosed on heroin and your music is the only thing keeping her alive she's your biggest fan you know we were supposed to go to your concert but we missed it last month because of the funeral you know can you just tell her how much you know i love her and how much you love her and you know imagine as an artist getting to respond to that like I still again, I get chills just thinking about that video. Um, probably the coolest moment or pinch me thing uh, was when Snoop Dogg joined on 420 last year. Uh, you know, he was at a, like he had Facetime me earlier and said he wanted to come on. He invest in the company. He's like, we're gonna billionize this shit together. But what when that first video came through? Like I was I was at a bachelor party in Vegas, and you know he he said he was launching on 420, and he waited till. 11.59, you know, <laughs> Vegas time to like do his video and, and he's smoking a blunt on a private jet. Like that was, that was a pinch me. And then, you know, some of the great relationships that I've made, um, I'm a diehard Chicago Bears fan, but Brett Favre is someone that I've gotten really close to through this. And uh, this year I took my dad to Super Bowl for his 70th birthday. And it's amazing, three years ago, we were at Super Bowl in Minnesota. And if you were like a big athletic looking person, Martin and I were tapping you on the shoulders saying, do you play football? And then today, you know, we have the majority of the living Hall of Fame on and, you know, Brett Farms having breakfast with my dad and Jonathan McNabb is, you know, giving him a birthday cake, you know, and and my dad had the best weekend of his life down in Super Bowl this year. So that that was a really special moment.
0: Oh, that is so awesome. Also, I'm totally getting my mom a really badass cameo for Mother's Day, and I can't wait to text you and tell you what I do. Um, Okay, last just quick questions. Um, When you are interviewing somebody and just seeing how personable you are, what is the interview question that you rely on to really get to the core of who somebody is?
1: So my whole interview is that. I take a one-hour interview with every single person before we offer them a job. And I tell them to take out a pen and paper. Or normally, when we're in a room, I give them a marker, a dry erase, and have them go on the whiteboard. And I say, um, you, know, you have fifteen minutes. Draw out your river. Your draw out your life in river form. So every river starts somewhere. I want to know everything about you personally and professionally. Sometimes the river, you know, there's a big fork in it. You go one way versus another. Sometimes you're in rapids because things are going so fast. Sometimes it stagnates, taking you through your life. So my interview is literally just getting to know them as a person. By the time they've gotten to me, I assume they're good enough to, 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 to the, the skill sets have been vetted. And ultimately, like if, you're, if you can't inspire me with your life story, then you're not getting a job at Cameo.
0: I mean, I'm going to steal that. That's amazing. That's the best answer anyone has ever given me and I've interviewed some incredibly cool CEOs. I love that so much, Steven. That's awesome. Okay. Last question. Um, other than cameo, I want you to pay it forward to another cool startup. What's one other startup that's super early that we should know about that you're pumped about.
1: Um, what is a startup that's really early? All right. So I've got a, I've got a small angel investment I made in this company called Quavos and, uh, the entrepreneur, Nick hamburger, I met when he was 19. He just dropped out of the university of Chicago and he created an egg white potato chip. Um, so, you know, in the CPG world and, um, you know, this kid is like an entrepreneur's entrepreneur, you know, he's got great branding. I think, uh, Eat Quavos is their handle on Instagram, and I hate eggs. I don't eat potato chips, but this guy sold me, and I actually eat them. They're really delicious. Uh, they're gluten free, lactose intolerant, just like every health trend you could imagine. They're they're like a healthy potato chip, and uh, it's a big shout out <laughs> to my like, man. They can I-
0: I feel like if you can build a healthy potato chip, you can build a billion-dollar business. Oh, and,
1: um, and if your name's Nick Hamburger and you're an entrepreneur in the food space, like how perfect is that? That is,
0: that is absolutely incredible. Um, well, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today. For everybody who is listening, if you want to learn more about Cameo, check out and send a Cameo at Cameo.com. And then join us next week for Ink the Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. Thank you again, Stephen. Loved having you.
1: Thank you.